0: John chapter 15 verse 13 we read these words, greater love has no one than this that he lay down his life for his friends. And Father we just thank you for Jesus who gave us this wonderful example. Father an example which many have followed down through the years. And Father we think about those who even in our day and in our generation, Father, have given of themselves. Father, they have left home, they have left family to go and fight in other countries, and Father, sometimes even in our own country. Father, who give of themselves sacrificially on behalf of others, and Father, we think of those who have fallen in the field of service, and Father, we just thank you for that sacrifice. Lord, we know that it was never uh, their intention to to give their lives in that way. But Father, they were willing to put themselves in harm's way. And so Father, we thank you for their willingness to be in that place. And Lord, we we just thank you. Um, We thank you for those who are willing to give of themselves. Lord, it's not our desire that any nation should go to war. And father it's deeply upsetting when we see just the the senseless waste that war brings but father we we know that we live in a turbulent world and father it's very often an unsafe world father we thank you for the the relative peace and safety which we enjoy in this country and lord we just pray for the peace of this country of our nation father we uh, pray for the peace of uh, our world lord we think of Uh, America, which has just been through a really tumultuous week. And uh, Father, we just pray for peace for that nation too. Um, Lord, with so many things that are going on, uh, Father, in the public domain and even in the background. And Lord, we we thank you too for our uh, people who have been on the front line over these last months. Father, uh, people who have uh, given of themselves. And uh, Father, we just thank you for them. We thank you Uh, for those who uh, serve, those who are ill and sick and needy. And uh, Lord, we remember those who have died as a result. And Father, who have been in harm's way intentionally to help other people. And Lord, we just thank you for them. Lord, we pray today, help us to be a thankful people. Help us to be a grateful people. Father, we pray today, help us to experience your presence in this place. Lord, we we want to know your presence in our hearts. Lord, we want to know your presence in the service and uh, ministry and song and in our prayers and uh, in the word. Father, we just pray for your presence. We pray that we would experience it today, Father. Lord, we've come to worship you, we've come to meet with you. And so, Lord, we just pray that you'd help us. Lord, we think of those who uh, are struggling just now, we think of Heather in particular. Uh, lord who is going through such a difficult time lord we pray that your hand would remain upon her lord that you would strengthen her body lord that you bring peace into her body and uh, father that you just bring her uh, through uh, what she's going through lord we pray strengthen her in every way body soul and spirit lord we pray for those moments when she feels weak in her spirit and lord we pray that in her weakness you would be her strength lord we thank you for everyone who's here today father those who are in the building those who are joining online. And Lord, we just pray your blessing on every family that's represented here. Lord, may we know your presence in such a special way. In Jesus' name we ask. And let's just say the words of the Lord's prayer together uh, as we're standing. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. You may be seated, and uh, welcome to everyone who's here. Welcome to those who are joining online, whether live or later on, if you're watching it at a later date, we welcome you. And uh, I just pray that we really experience his presence today in this place. So let's begin to uh, worship as Steve uh, leads us in a song. Um, I know that there's all the, the difficulties with singing, but we can still rejoice and make music in our hearts and worship that way as well. So let's do that. John chapter 15. And as we come to break bread, to take communion together, and uh, hopefully you're ready to do that if you're online as well. Just you've got a moment to, to get ready for that. But John chapter 15, we read those words at the start. It says, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. And then Jesus went on to say, you are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. And it finishes off with this phrase, this is my command, love each other. Love each other. And there's something really powerful in these words. It talks about the person who loves, lays his life down for his friends or her friends. And Jesus commanded the end of this is that we love one another. Therefore, if we're going to put that into practice, we need to put other people before ourselves. And often when we come to communion, we think about the need to examine ourselves, to examine our own lives, to examine our hearts, and to judge whether or not our hearts are right with others. And it's something that we're encouraged to do, encouraged to examine whether or not our hearts are right with God. and so I encourage us to do that just in the moments, uh, just in the stillness of the moments that, that, that will uh, come about. Just before we take the bread and before we take the wine. And uh, let's just take a minute to think about our own lives and just to bring confession before God. Because there are things in our lives which, you know, Jesus says, if you, if you love me, you'll do what I command. You'll do the things that I've taught you to do, told you to do, said, just tra- trying to, to get us to understand the way that we should live our lives in a way that helps us to think about others and not just ourselves. And, and so, Father, we, we pray that there would be a real sense of connectedness as, as, we, as we take bread and as we take wine this morning. Father, we don't even need to be in the same building to to do this this morning because, Father, we have technology that helps us to gather together, whether we're sitting in a living room or or in a church building. Father, wherever the family of God is gathered, we, we we can gather and we can take bread which reminds us of Jesus' body which was broken for us. And, Father, on this Remembrance Sunday, we think of others who, Father, have done the same for us for our freedoms that we enjoy and father jesus did this for our freedom and he said whom the son has set free is free indeed and father we pray that we would experience that freedom deep within our hearts today as we take bread as as we take wine so let's just take the bread together father we ask that you would bless us as we take the bread which reminds us of the body of jesus which was broken for us Father, may it be meaningful for us today. May we experience your healing today in the very core of our being as we take bread in his name. as we take the wine, we remember the body, the blood of Jesus, which was shed for us, not just on the cross, but even before that. And the things which he endured for us, the hardship and the, the torture and the suffering which he endured, that our sins might be forgiven. That's why the Holy Spirit inspired Isaiah to write those words, by his stripes we are healed. That through the shedding of his blood, we could find healing body, soul, and spirit. And so Father, may we experience your healing presence as we take the wine which reminds us of Jesus' blood today in his name. Father, we just thank you for Jesus. We thank you for all that he means to us. We thank you that his presence lives within our very hearts. And Father, we thank you that it's, it's Jesus that joins us together as, as your family. He is, he's the glue that joins us together as, you know, as individuals and as, as, as family groups in this uh, service today. Father, it's Jesus that binds us together. And Father, we thank you that in him and through him we find all that we need to live this life that you've called us to. When Jesus said that we need to do the things that he's commanded that's how we demonstrate that we love him but father we realize that it's it's you that gives us the strength to be able to do that to start with and so lord we just pray that you would give us that strength lord for those who are here in this service today whether in the building or online father we i just pray that there are there are maybe those who are struggling uh just to to grasp hold of some of these things Struggling for it to to, to be real in their life. And Father, I just pray for a revelation of your presence today. Father, a revelation of of who you are. Father, I just pray for your word uh, into their hearts today. Lord, that you would speak, that you bring comfort. Lord, for those who are struggling. Lord, that you bring freedom from the things that they're struggling with. And that you would give them the strength to, to follow you in the way that you've asked us to. And so, Father, we just pray. Help us to really hear your still small voice today we just ask these things in in Jesus precious name amen 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 just uh I don't know there's there's something about the presence of God that just changes us um it's just wonderful and it's wonderful to be gathered uh as as congregation today I, I look forward to the day for the seats are back out for this place is full um, and let's just keep praying that that day comes uh, sooner rather than later, and it'll stop me from having to do things like this uh, for track and trace. So uh, just give me a second while I do my my photographing. I've got you in there, Steve. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, just a few announcements that I need to make. Um, next sunday is the last sunday for the shoeboxes to come in uh, you can do shoeboxes online um, the link's there to do that um, and a number of people have already done that and just let me say thank you and a number of people have started bringing in shoeboxes already so thank you for that as well um, and the, the plan is for deborah to come next sunday maybe after church to collect them uh, we'll just see um, but definitely next sunday is, is the deadline for them to be in uh, so that'd be great and uh, one other exciting thing that I wanted to share, um, this uh, week we signed up for a subscription to uh, something called Right Now Media. Uh, we've done this as a church, um, we've done this to invest in our congregation here. Um, and Right Now Media is just this massive resource of Bible studies for connect groups, for individuals in your daily devotions, for youth, for kids, uh, there's just a mass of information uh, that we can connect with. Um, one of the things that's uh, a bit frustrating for me is that we, we love our kids in the church, um, and and you know we've not really been able to do a whole heap of stuff for the kids in the church. Um, there are some f- surprises coming your way just shortly, um, but that's another story. You'll need to wait and see. But the kids' stuff on this podcast, uh, is absolutely amazing. For for our kids growing up, it was VeggieTales. Um, and Phil is on this doing the new version of VeggieTales. I was watching it during the week. It was just fantastic. I, I recognized all the voices, same voices. Um, you can access it on your uh, your uh, tablet, your phone. So this is uh, this is some of the UK content. Uh, I'll just shoot forward a wee bit on this. In the church. So this is Pete Gregg talking about prayer. Uh, He runs 24-7 prayer. Um, So that's just an example. There are courses, there's stuff for uh, people who are interested in marriage, uh, learning stuff about leadership, there's stuff for kids, youth, blah, blah, blah. It's absolutely fantastic. I'm going to show a wee video and hopefully that will give you a, a wee picture of what it's like. So let's watch the video.
1: Welcome to our study of the Gospel of John. I have fallen in love with the work of Paul as I've studied the book of 1 Corinthians, and I believe you will too. This is where Jesus taught in Capernaum, and you have to understand this scene. The Lord is my shepherd. And over the next six weeks, we're gonna look deeply into the 23rd Psalm. Right Now Media, it's for groups, it's for personal devotion it's for parents the bullseye of parenting is to raise children who become like jesus it's for kids this is phil we're digging into the bible which as we've mentioned is more than just a book it's for tough times so when you recognize that you're trying to have a conversation with your spouse and they're not ready to talk it's not helpful to keep Pressing right. up. It's for every phase of life. If you've made mistakes with money, you know what that makes you? Over 12. And now, it's yours. We've purchased a Right Now Media subscription for everyone in our church. So check your inbox for the digital invitation and download the app for instant access to thousands of biblically-based videos. Get equipped, get inspired.
0: So if you have the technology, you'll be able to watch that on your TV as well. Fantastic. Um, Now, that video is designed for the US market. I think Uh, in the UK, we have something called GDPR, which means that I can't put your email address into this so that it automatically sends you an email. I need your permission to do that. So in order to access this, you will need to give me your permission. So I'm gonna be sending out an email to everyone you need to reply to that saying, sign me up and uh, we'll get your email address on there and then you'll be welcomed in, set up your own account. Um, But this is a fantastic resource. And I think especially for church in our day and age, um, somebody was saying that all people will get fed up with church online and people will get fed up with screens. Um, I think Instagram, Facebook, YouTube would beg to differ. Um, The amount of times that people are like this, kind of wandering around and (laughs) Uh, so you you know what it's like Um, screens are part of our life like it I love it hate it whatever Um, it's part of our life and this is a just a wonderful resource which we want to uh, invest in our congregation with and if you're part of our online congregation you might not be here in the in the building but you're with us every week online then let me know um, through Facebook or however you're connecting and uh, we'll get you signed up as well Uh, so that you can access this incredible material and just to to say thank you to those who are here it's great that you're here thank you for taking the time to be here thank you for those who are joining online and can I just encourage us to invite people to uh, like our church page our youth page our treasure kids page whatever it is Um, I think treasure Tots is a page as well Actually, let's get the word out. Let's invite our friends. Keep liking, loving, sharing, doing all these things, and let's get the the, the message out there. And uh, today, uh, first person to book in was Sharon. Where's Sharon? There, she's there. So there's a bar of chocolate up the back for you. Second was Lynn. So Lynn, well done. And uh, third was Keva. So there's two bars of chocolate up there one for each of you. (laughs) So uh, you grab your chocolate. Um, Also to remind you that on a Monday morning at half past nine, there's a, a Monday morning prayer meeting on Zoom. So if you want to be part of that, if you let Mary know. Um, and we'll get that link out to you. So that's a, a great time to be together and praying. Wednesday nights we gather. There's more people gathering on the Wednesday night for prayer. Again on Zoom, uh, let us know and we can send you the link to that. And also uh, tomorrow night, we begin a five-week Why did that not work there? A five week course, which is called The Healing Journey. Uh, This guy here, Terry Wardle, uh, will be speaking on the video and then we'll have some time to kind of share after that. There's uh, a resource, uh, uh, a handout that that goes along with this, which we'll get out to you. In fact, we've already got that out to you, what am I talking about? Um, If you want to be part of this, then we just need to know that you want to be part of it so that we can send you the link for these meetings. and, you know, sometimes it can be like uh, a bit of a stigma about needing to go on a healing journey, okay? Can I just say something? As the pastor of the church, I want to go on this healing journey, okay? I, I, want to, I want to hear what Terry Wardle has to say to my life. I want to hear what God has to say into my life so that there is nothing from my past that is carrying over into my present and my future. I want to deal with wounds of the past as well, And so this isn't just a course for people who maybe feel they're struggling with mental health. This is a course for anybody, okay? You just need to let me know and we'll get you signed up for that, okay? So I think that's all the things that I wanted to announce. Are you still with me? Sometimes the announcement can be that that bit where everybody just goes like... (sighs) (laughs) But I'm really excited about some of the things that we've talked about today. Let's get together on Zoom. Let's get together uh, on using some of the... Uh, the, the material on Right Now Media. I've been through uh, bits and pieces of it, just looking at it. It's just absolutely wonderful. It's a great resource, and God's gonna use that. I just know that he's gonna use that in our church. The title what I talk about today in my message, and I'm aware that time's marching on, is Access All Areas. Access All Areas, and it'll become clear what I'm talking about. I wanted to read a little verse from Mark chapter three, verse seven. And uh, it says, once again, Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the lakeside, but a massive crowd of people followed him from all around the provinces of Galilee and southern Israel. When we think about access all areas, when Jesus walked on the planet, he drew a crowd, and people wanted to be where Jesus was, and people had access to Jesus. I think about those uh, four men who were trying to get their friend to Jesus, and they couldn't get in the building because of the crowd. And so they went up onto the roof. They made a hole in the roof. I don't know who was doing the insurance for that job. But anyway, they lowered the man down into Jesus' presence. They were so desperate for Jesus' presence to touch their friend that Jesus was so impressed uh, by their faith. Wherever Jesus was, he drew a crowd. And I want me to suggest today that that when Jesus invites you in, nothing can keep you out. When Jesus invites you in, nothing can keep you out. Of course, you can decline the invitation. When Jesus invites you into his presence, when Jesus invites you in, nothing can keep you out, but you can choose not to accept the invitation. And when we read the Gospels, we see that, you know, Jesus was always drawn a crowd. He was the embodiment of hope for the poor, the brokenhearted, the captives, whether emotional, physical, spiritual, the prisoners, whether mental or physical, the mourners, and those who were grieving, perhaps because of their circumstances or their lack of hope or prospects. We read that in Isaiah 61. I'm just so impressed by, by Jesus and his mission. Jesus was the embodiment of grace he was also the embodiment of truth. Jesus met people where they were. And people, I think people loved Jesus because when they met him, they found somebody who was compassionate. They found somebody who was full of grace. But Jesus was also full of truth. And he was able to pinpoint things in their lives which were not right. And he said, you know, sometimes he would say, you need to go away and and sin no more. Don't sin again. And he left people with that choice. And he does the same with us today. He says, I'm happy to meet you where you are, but you need to learn to obey the things that I've commanded. Don't sin and uh, experience the grace of God. And uh, so many people accepted Jesus. And I, I think as you look at the gospels, the establishment, the church leaders at the time didn't accept Jesus. And uh, he, he really challenged them. He challenged their hypocrisy sometimes. And here we are centuries later, and I I just wonder, is is the church, has the church really adopted the same mission? Because whatever Jesus' mission was should be our mission. And we'll talk about that more, I think, in the weeks to come um, in in the life of the church. But I I think the church, church today is the body of Christ, and we are the expression of the Father, and we're fueled by the Holy Spirit. It tells us that Jesus had the Holy Spirit without measure. Holy Spirit lives inside, and he had the Holy Spirit without measure. But the church today is the body of Christ, the expression of the Father, fueled by the Holy Spirit. And as Bill Heibel said, the, the local church is the hope of the world. And I believe that. But the thing is, not everybody believes that. And I, I came across some research, uh, which was done in 2018 by an organization called Barna um, in the U.K., And they said that non-Christians, a category which includes those of other faiths, feel strongly pessimistic about the church. Let me read you some uh, some statistics. 34% said that the church was judgmental. 33% said that the church was hypocritical. And 30% said that it wasn't compatible with science. And those were the three uh, things which really stood out in this survey and of UK adults who claimed to have no faith at all, they were even less likely to think uh, highly of the church and saw the good side of Christianity. Christians, however, have a very different viewpoint and uh, are consistently more uh, upbeat and promising in their view of the church. Let me just say, the first thing is, and I think, to say that Christians are Judgmental is actually to make a judgment. And we can end up going on a little merry-go-round and go round round and round and round and round with this argument, okay? Can I just suggest that people tend to be judgmental, whether they're Christians, whether they're Muslims, whether they're atheists, humanists, secularists, of any other faith? We tend to judge because we have this idea of what the world should be like. And we expect other people to be just like us. And even in the church, we can do that. And I've done enough reading on atheism and secularism to know how judged I feel as a Christian in this world because maybe I hold a different view from other people on a number of different things. The second thing I'd like to say is that the church is full of imperfect people striving to be like a perfect savior. Paul talks about how he weeps over the new Christians until Christ is formed in them. He actually, in his prayers, is crying as he prays for these new believers until Christ is formed in them. The church is full of imperfect people trying to be like a perfect Savior. The reality is that we fail, we fall, we falter, and at times we lack faith, but that's why jesus died for us and that's why when i meet my savior i find somebody who's full of grace yet full of truth you have probably heard that saying at some point in your life call yourself a christian have you ever heard that if people know that you're a christian and you you slip up people are really really quick to say call yourself a christian what does that sound like to you sounds like judgment to me And neither is the church an exclusive club for the good people. I've heard so many people say that I'm not good enough to go to church. I'm like, eh? You just don't get it. The church is full of people who are not good enough to be in church. That's why we're in church. It's because we're trying to be like somebody who is good enough. The only person who's good enough to be in church in that sense is Jesus, the head of the church. I'm so glad that I find a God that's full of grace, that when I go to Him and I confess my sins, He's faithful and just to forgive me and to make me clean of all my unrighteousness. And to say that the church is not compatible with science, let me just say this. I think the big problem isn't science. The big problem is scientism, which is the philosophy that is attached to science. And I've done enough reading Because people sow doubts into your mind about your faith. How can you believe that in a world of science, in a world where X, Y, and Z equals blah, blah, blah? And people think that Christianity isn't compatible with science. What about Kepler, who found out the laws of planetary motion? He was a Christian. Or Sir Isaac Newton, he was a Christian. And science, if you look at modern science, modern science was birthed by people who wanted to know more about God. That was part of the package. And the Bible is full of these amazing insights of people who lived in a world, if you like, pre-science or pre earth science People in the ancient world were quite scientific as well. If you look at the, the mathematics and the pyramids, it's absolutely phenomenal, that you even find the number pi in all of the calculations before before they even knew what it was. It's phenomenal. So let's not think too highly of ourselves in our modern scientific world that has all the answers, because that's what people are saying these days. Science will eventually disprove everything to do with God. I'm afraid that's scientism. You're getting into the realms of philosophy, which even some scientists who are anti-Christian... saying even philosophy doesn't have any meaning. (laughs) The philosophers don't like that. Uh, But I think in our society, in the West particularly, I I think we are quite a selfish society. Let let me just say, um, let me just flick through some things. I don't have masses and masses of stats here, but according to a report by Oxfam, in January this year, the world's richest 1% have more than twice as much wealth as 6.9 billion people on the planet. Wow. We're thinking about the church being judged and the church being judgmental. And let's just look at the world in which we live in. 1% is 7.8 million people. Versus 88.5% 88.5% 8 of the world's population. Wow, that, that's incredible. And when this report was written, there were 2,153 billionaires in the world. And they did some calculations, whether this is true or not, but this is what Oxfam said in this report, that if we had to take our wealth and equate it to $100 bills and we put those $100 bills on the floor, if your, if your wealth was in $100 bills, most of us would be sitting on the floor. Right? <laughs> but it says that the two richest men on the planet would be sitting in outer space. That's how they tried to equate the wealth of the richest. And between 2000. And 11, in 2017, the average wage of a person in a G7 country rose by 3%, whereas dividends to wealthy shareholders rose by 31%. I'm not trying to be political here, by the way. I know the kind of week we've just come from. I'm not making political statements here. I'm just telling you what I discovered in an Oxfam report and trying to suggest that it says something about the world in which we live According to Hope for Justice, an estimated 40.4 million people are in slavery worldwide, and $150 billion is made from forced labor every year. We only need to switch on our TVs to see the news and to see how the world does politics and the way that women are treated and the way that black people are treated. And anybody who differs from the popular opinion and popular culture at the time— and see how those people are treated, and see how those people are shot down. And there's so much more that I could say, but there are children present in the service today, and I'm not going to go into it all. But what I'm trying to do is paint a picture of the world in which we live that says these things about the church. And yet this is my conviction, that Jesus came into this world not to judge it, but to save it. That's what Jesus said himself. I've come to this world not to judge it, but to save it. I think there's coming a time when Jesus comes back again and he will deal with the injustices in our world. I'm convinced about that. But Jesus came not to judge, but to save. I think we as the church need to get hold of the mission of Jesus, which is to save rather than to judge the world. And let me say it again if Jesus invites you in, nothing can keep you out. Jesus is inviting this world of ours, the people in this world, the 7.8 billion people in our world, He invites them in. And if Jesus is inviting people in, nobody can keep them out. I was thinking about God's desire to live with people. God wants to live with people You might not have experienced the presence of God. You might not have invited Jesus into your heart yet. You might not have the Holy Spirit living within you yet. But it's God's desire to live with people. And it started off in a garden all those years ago where God inhabited a garden. His presence was in the garden. His presence was with people. And yet the people made some bad choices. And they found themselves banished from, From their garden and banished from God's presence. Did God leave them? No. But they were banished from the things that should have been theirs because they made some bad choices. If you like, God made a judgment because God is perfect and God can make that judgment. And over time, God's presence moved into a tent. If you've read Exodus, you'll have read the accounts of the tabernacle. This is the mobile. Uh, temple, if you like, that the people would construct as they wandered through the desert. And you can, this is a, a kind of artist's impressions of what it looked like. And uh, this, this part here, this is called the Holy of Holies. This is where the Ark of the Covenant was. For those of you who've maybe watched Raiders of the Lost Ark, has anybody watched it recently? Yeah, just with all that's with Sean Connery and stuff like that. This is, this is what they're depicting as this thing here, which has never really been found. But this part of the tabernacle was called the Holy of Holies, and only the priest could enter. All the other people were round about the outside. One person could go in and represent the people. <clears throat> and then eventually they found themselves in their own land. A king called Solomon built a temple. <clears throat> Excuse me, this is a reconstruction of what they would think that temple would look like. It's actually a model Uh, That you can go and, uh, and look at. And when Solomon built this temple and they brought the Ark of the Covenant into the temple, it says that when the priests withdrew from the holy place, the cloud filled the temple of the Lord and the priests could not perform their services because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled his temple. The glory of the Lord. Could you imagine that happened in us? We were unable to function because the presence of God was so strong bring it on. I'd love that. I'd love to see what that was like. But only the priest had access to the presence of God in this place. But then there was a man, and his name was Jesus. And God inhabited a person. Jesus was God in human form. He was fully human and fully God. The technical term for that is hypostatic union for those who are theologians, okay? Fully God and fully man. God was living in a person when Jesus went to that cross. And so, I've heard this said, you know, what kind of father would send his son to a cross? People who are against Christianity, what kind of father would send his son to a cross? Can I just say something and suggest something that God God was in this moment God was there on that cross fully. Jesus was fully God and fully man. And God experienced taking the sins of the whole world, taking the judgmentalism of the whole world, taking all that stuff on himself and dying to pay the price for our sins, for your sin, for mine. I think that's astounding. That this God that we believe in as Christians, would go to such lengths to give us the freedom to worship, to love Him, to obey His commands. I think it's astounding that God died on a cross for me. And when we talked last week about forgiveness, we need to understand how much it cost God to forgive our sins. You see, all of our sins cost something in terms of God's judgment. And all of that cost, all of that cost was put on Jesus on the cross. Think about this. I think I maybe said this. You know, we, we say forgive our debts. Imagine that was a financial debt. Remember we talked that, about that last week, about the financial debt of the servant that he owed the king? It was something like $1 million dollars. Uh, $1 billion, I think it was. And, and, and you think, how can we ever repay that? The reality is that we can't, but God did it on the cross for us. He paid the price. God did this for you and for me. And now God wants to inhabit your heart. He inhabits mine. The Holy Spirit lives inside of me. Does the Holy Spirit live inside of you? That's the question. Have you invited them in? See, Jesus is making the invitation. And if Jesus invites you in, nothing can keep you out. And we read about this, this incredible moment where Jesus, let me read some things. Let me read a little excerpt from Matthew 27. It says, for three hours, beginning at noon, darkness came over the earth. This is this moment. And at three o'clock, Jesus shouted with a mighty voice in Aramaic, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. I didn't know I could speak Aramaic. That is, my God, my God, why have you deserted me? Why have you forsaken me? And Jesus is quoting Psalm 22, at the time. And some who were standing near the cross misunderstood and said, He's calling for Elijah. And one bystander ran and got a sponge, soaked it with sour wine, then put it on a stick and held it up for Jesus to drink. But they, the rest said, Leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to rescue him. Jesus passionately cried out, took his last breath, and gave up his spirit. And at that moment, at that moment, the veil and the holy of holies was torn in two, from the top to the bottom. The earth shook violently, rocks were split apart, and it goes on to tell you other things. That veil that was in the temple, we talked about it in the tabernacle, that bit that separated the holy of holies so that only the priest could go in, the same thing existed in the temple that we talked about. It kept people out. And yet, in this moment when Jesus died, that curtain was torn from the top to the bottom, not from the bottom up. That could have been a person who just made a wee neck and went, shh, it was torn from the top to the bottom. God was saying in that moment, I'm giving you access into my presence. And if Jesus invites you in, nothing, nothing can keep you out. I'm going to finish with a little story. And uh, this will be meaningful for some people in the room today. Way back in February 2019. That was a long time ago, wasn't it? In February 2019, when the world was running as normal, we, we went to a church's gig in the hydro. Okay, here's a picture of the church's gig in the hydro. And we had fun. And you'll recognize this guy here. This is a professional photograph which I borrowed for today sorry, didn't ask for permission, but there you go. And on this occasion of going to the church's gig, we had access all area passes. Thank you very much. (laughs) We had access all area passes, so we went to the gig, we met the guys, and we got into the green room. That's what it's called the green room. This privileged place where people get to go if you've got the right kind of pass. And I just remember us being backstage. It was like something from Wayne's World, for those who've seen that stupid film, right? Where you go, it's like really exciting. We've got backstage passes, yay! And then you get in and you're like, we're not worthy, we're not. For those who've seen that. And we found ourselves backstage with old friends, meeting new people. There was a, a lady there who I got speaking to who was so nervous she could hardly speak because she was so in awe of being backstage with these guys. I'm like, oh. And I'm like, oh, that's just that boy that was in our church all years ago. <laughs> I know that guy. I know his dad. <laughs> and I just felt so privileged to be invited backstage and it just makes me think about the invitation that god gives us today if jesus invites you in nothing can keep you out if jesus invites you in nothing can keep you out other than the fact that we maybe don't accept the pass but here's the problem here's the problem on this night there were three people and only two backstage passes Oh, dun, 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 And we had to make a decision about who would take the two backstage passes. So Mary, Josh, and I, right? So we had to make this decision. Who's going to go backstage? And, and we're all like, oh, no, no. Uh, well, apart from Josh, because we really wanted him to go backstage. And Mary and I were like, well, you go. And I'm like, no, you go. No, no, you go. No, no you go. And it ended up that Josh and I went backstage. And as we're backstage, I'm thinking about Mary, who's not with us. In this moment of privilege, in this moment where we're just enjoying being in the company of old friends and new people and, you know, just this wonderful privileged position, there's somebody who's close to us who's still outside. And it made me think, it made me think, about the opportunity that Jesus gives us. He invites everybody. Everybody has an access all areas pass. And I just remember we had decided, we'd made a plan, okay, you know how you make a plan when you go to a concert? You say, well, if we get split up, we'll meet in such and such a place, okay? So we had a plan. We'll meet at the front door. So after everything's finished, we'll meet at the front door. And so I'm like, right, Take me go, Josh. Let's go and get your mum. Uh, she's been standing around on her own for far too long. And I will never forget the feeling of arriving at the front door of the hydro to find the doors all closed when not a soul around. And I was just like, I felt my heart sink. I was like, where is she? I'll never forget that feeling. Where is she? Of course, at this point in time, if Jesus was telling the story, he would leave you hanging. <laughs> but I'm not going to leave you hanging, okay? So we went from the front door and we came round the side and there's a little door at the side and there's Mary inside. What was she doing? Talking to somebody as she does. And I'm like, ah, oh, she's okay. Thank goodness for that, you know. She's doing what she loves best. Okay, she didn't have a cup of tea in her hand, but I'm sure given the opportunity, she would have been talking to the staff and I just remember that feeling of relief it's like I found you again you know and it made me think it made me think about the invitation which Jesus gives each one of us you know you, you might be listening online you might be in here today and Jesus has given you this invitation he's given you an access all areas invitation and when Jesus invites you in nothing can keep you out this is your Access All Areas badge. Triple A. <laughs> Guest. <laughs> I'd love to have one of these, triple A, and it says, photo. I'd love to go to a gig and take photographs. I just That would be amazing. Maybe the next time. But when Jesus invites you in, nothing can keep you out. Why am I saying this? Because... Jesus has invited us to something far greater than a gig, to something far greater than a concert. Jesus invites us into his presence here and now on this earth. And when the gig of earth is over, he's invited us into his father's presence. He's invited us into this place where we have access all areas. And it made me think about when the gig is over, and this is my last statistic. And it's, you'll find this on the internet, on a very popular national UK funeral director's website. Believe it or not, <laughs> believe it or not, they do a charts of music that's sung at funerals. Did you know that? <laughs> they do, seriously, this is true. This is true. They do the charts. It's like, so in 2019. Guess what was number one on the funeral charts? Not Amazing Grace. Not Amazing Grace. I'll tell you what was number one in the funeral charts. Frank Sinatra. I did it my way. That is the number one song in the funeral charts. I'll resist telling you which undertaker it is. Right? (laughs) you need to search for it yourself. Okay? As I did. Frank Sinatra, I did it my way. But you see, the thing is, Jesus has given us an invitation. Sorry, we'll need to wait for somebody in the front row here to calm down. They're just being a bit excited. (laughs) Jesus has given us an invitation. Access all areas, which isn't just for this life, but it's the life to come. And if you don't believe in a life to come, that's Up to you because Jesus invites you in, and nothing can keep you out unless you choose not to accept the invitation. I tell you, when I experienced that moment when I couldn't find Mary, that made me really think. That really made me think about the invitation that Jesus gives us and the reality. That some people will not accept that invitation, but God is giving us that invitation today to accept Him, to accept this, access all areas pass. What is that? He says that if we believe in Him, if we put our faith in Him, He will put His Holy Spirit within us. So that when that day comes, when we go to present our access all areas past, what it will be will be His Spirit inside of us. That's what the Bible says so clearly. It says it so clearly time and time again. That's what God is looking for. We need to invite His Holy Spirit in. We need to invite God into our lives. Rather than get to the end and say, I did it my way, I want to get to the end and say, I did it His way. Because His way is a way that includes every single person on the planet. Regardless of what they believe, regardless of how they live their lives, that invitation goes out to every single person. That's why John said that it's for whoever will believe in Him. God loved the world so much that He gave His only Son. God was on that cross dying for us. He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him. Access all areas. Jesus is inviting us in today, and nothing, nothing, nothing can keep us out of His presence in this life and when the gig is over. When the gig of this life is over, He invites us in. And today, you have an opportunity to accept that pass, to invite the Holy Spirit in, and to begin to, through His strength, live His way rather than your own way. Let's just pray as we draw our service to a close. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for his Access All Areas invitation. Father, we thank you that he died on that cross, that we could experience the forgiveness of sins. Lord, that we could experience freedom in our hearts. Lord, that we could be free from the, the wounds of the past, our sins of the past, all the things that we look back in our lives and we could be filled with regret over. But, Father, you came to set us free. You came to give us a fresh start. You came to give us life in all its fullness. And, Father, we just pray that you would help us to accept the invitation today. And I just want to give you a moment to accept that invitation today whether you're here today in the building or whether you're joining us online, Jesus gives you that invitation. Will you accept that invitation today? If you're here today, you might want to pop a hand up and let me know. If you're online, just drop us a message through our Facebook site or go on to our website, whitburnpentecostal.com and drop us an email from there. But the invitation goes out and if you want to respond to that invitation today then please do so by letting us know but by saying this prayer and you can say it quietly in your heart wherever you are today wherever you're joining uh, in this service today whether live or, or later. Dear God I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for his invitation. I thank you for this access all areas, pass that he offers. And I ask that you would forgive me, that you'd make me clean, that you'd give me a fresh start, that your Holy Spirit would come in to my heart, into my life, and begin to change me from the inside to give me a new future in you, not just in this life, but in the life to come. And I pray that you give me the strength to overcome some of the difficulties from my past and to live your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. I just pray that you have a fantastic week. And uh, let's continue to press into all that God has for us. Let's keep praying for those who are part of our circle that have the invitation but haven't accepted it yet. And let's pray and pray and pray until they come to that place where they will accept that invitation. So, Father, I just pray your blessing on our congregation. Uh, Father, those who are uh, part of it here in the building, those who are online, and Father, those who are joining in, in our a congregation online. Father, we thank you for them. We pray your blessing on every family, on every household. Lord, we pray, help us to know your peace and your grace and your goodness in this week that will come. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Take care and be blessed.